0: Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Come on, you look good. It's good to see you here. Good to have those of you that are watching online. And uh, I want to just touch on a few things. You just saw there. grow groups are beginning, uh, not this week, but next week, different nights of the week. And uh, we want you to get signed up for a group. We have, I believe, nine different options this semester, uh, different topics and different uh, locations across town where those are going to be meeting. Uh, I know some of those uh, there's one that's financial peace gonna be talking about finances, um, one in particular that we took all of our leaders through last semester, and we want to encourage you at some point in your journey to go through it it it's. Uh, 12 weeks that talk about different areas of your life. We're calling it a freedom group, but really just talks about different areas of your life that maybe you don't always think about. Maybe you uh, you don't quite understand. Maybe, uh, maybe it's something that you've kind of pushed to the back burner or some things that God wants to work out in your life. And so in that group, uh, we're going to be kind of digging into that for 12 weeks and going through that and really just building each other up and encouraging each other uh, there's one for ladies, there's one for men, uh, there's there's just a lot of different options. So uh, where you can go, you saw it on the video, but it's yourimpactchurch.com slash grow. And this is where you'll be able to sign up for the groups uh, and kind of shop and browse and see which group you want to be a part of this semester. So I encourage you to do that as soon as possible. And the one thing that we have added on there this year that we want to uh, have you help us with Is There is a link. When you go to yourimpactchurch.com slash grow, there will be a link to join a grow group where you can browse and get all that information. And underneath it, there is another link that says register your child or register for child care. Uh, Child care this semester is going to be on Thursday night, so any group that's on a Thursday night, child care is provided. Um, and what we want you to do is register your kid. And so if you're going to be participating and bringing your child to child care so that we can have the appropriate number of workers, we can have the appropriate number of things that we need there to be prepared for you and for your kids, if you'll just go on there whenever you sign up. If you've already signed up for a group and that wasn't on there, this has been added just this week. So if you signed up for a group and that wasn't on there, go back on that, and you'll see the, the child care link. Sign up your, your kid for child care so that we'll know how many to be prepared for how many workers we need, things like that. Um, We talked about it. Uh, earlier at the beginning I was mentioning it give big weekend is this weekend it's today and uh, we're all going to have the opportunity to give our give big offering to the Lord today and hopefully you've been praying about what it is that the Lord wants you to give over the last several weeks that we've been talking about this and if you haven't I'm believing that as we as we talk today as we uh, as I bring the word to you today that God will speak to you specifically what it is that he wants you to give that would honor him it's not about the amount it's not about the uh, It's really not about the money. It's about being obedient. It's about being obedient to pray. It's about being obedient to fast. It's about being obedient to honor God in every area of our lives. And so we'll be talking about that more as we go through the service. And then tonight, I'm so excited. It's a night of worship. And this is how we're going to end our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've never done this before. This will be the first time that we have ended the fast with a night of worship. And so from 6 to 7 tonight, we want you to be here. And I know you've seen it on social media. We've had it on social media about bringing your kids. Listen, Your kids are not going to bother anybody. Bring your kids with you. Listen, this is why it's so important. Our kids will be here. And here's the reason why. Our kids need to see their mom and dad or their parents or their guardians worshiping Jesus. They need to be in the presence of God worshiping Jesus. Come on, they may not fully understand everything that's going on, but they'll remember when they get older. Like, man, you remember when we used to go those nights of worship when we were five? You know, and we didn't really know what's going on, and now we understand this. and And they may it may even open up an opportunity for them to ask questions, like why were you raising your hands, and then you can have that conversation with them. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time. So please don't stay home because your your kids need to be in the presence of God with you, and uh, and it's an opportunity for you to do that. And so we want to encourage you to be here tonight uh, as we end the fast together. And then there'll probably be a lot of people going to eat something after, church, or after the night of worship or something. I don't know. Maybe you'll stop and grab some coffee on your way home and then stay up all night long on caffeine. And I want to encourage you with this, too, with the night of worship. Even if you've been, you say, well, this is what we're doing to end the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I haven't, you know, been fully committed. Come on, somebody. I have, it's been hit and miss. You know, I did it for the first 10 days and it was like, oh, this is hard. And so I gave it up. Listen. Come to the night of worship. Be in the presence of God with other people. It doesn't matter if you haven't fasted at all for 21 days, if you did half and then you gave up, or you just jumped in this last week. That's not what matters. What matters is let's get in the presence of God together. It's significant in the way that we're ending these 21 days in this way, but let's get in the presence of God together, and let's lift our hands, lift our voices, and worship Him, and spend an hour this evening just just pouring everything out To our God who is so, so worthy of our praise and our worship. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to uh, jump into... Uh, this series that we've been in that we're calling Progress. It's our word for the year. And as you can see, I'm, I'm wearing one of our new shirts. So if you want to grab one of these on your way out today, they are available. Uh, you can see, I believe Courtney will be back there at the back and you can purchase one of the new shirts. All of the older stuff is at a discounted rate. These are $15. And so if you want to get one, they're in. You've probably seen a few people. We kind of had a few people wearing them today. But there's green, there's navy, and there's turquoise. And so you can pick your color and get your size and all of that. And you can just, it can just be a reminder for you as you go through this year, every time you put it on, that this is the year of progress. I know that's what it does for me. It reminds me, every time I pull this thing out of my closet to put it on, I'll be reminded, this is the year of progress. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm going to continue to move forward and make progress. And so our word for 2020 is this word, progress. And our vision, we talked about this, where God is taking us as a church is uh, for you to know, grow, and go. And throughout this series, we're really talking about some things that are going to help us know, grow, and go if we'll take the Bible, if we'll take the Word of God and actually apply it and do what it says. Can I get an amen right there? If we'll actually take what God's Word says, and we're going to be talking about some of that stuff today, what God's Word says, if we will take what God's Word says and we will apply it to our lives, if we will do what He says to do, then we will make, progress we will know him better we will grow in our faith and relationship with him and we will go and be the hands and feet of jesus everywhere that we are amen and so i just want to recap we talked really in two two parts of the series so far week one was pruned for progress and we said that not everything being cut out of your life is the enemy sometimes it's god removing things so that you can grow and you can't avoid the pruning process and experience true progress You can't avoid the pruning and experience true progress. And then last week, uh, the message was progress requires a process. And progress is a process that requires us to continue to move forward and follow Jesus. We can be still and trust God while we continue to move forward and follow Jesus. And then today... Uh, And I would encourage you, go back and listen to those messages. If you weren't here or you missed one of those weeks, go back and check that out so you'll be uh, caught up with what we've been talking about in this series. But today as we continue this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've titled the message, if you're taking notes, it's called, The Table and the Pantry. The Table and the Pantry. The Table and the Pantry. And I want to start today in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to hang out here for most of the the message, and we'll have a few other verses that we'll get to in just a little bit. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to read verses 7 through 10, and then we're going to jump down to 17, 18, and 19 together. This is what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7. For we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who are financially ethical and who are financially or not financially ethical and crave to get rich with a compulsive, greedy longing for wealth, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction, leading to personal misery. For the love of money, we've all heard this verse before. That is the greedy desire for it and the willingness to gain it unethically is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. As for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share with others. In this way, storing up for yourselves the enduring riches of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. If you're taking notes, point number one today is this. You are rich. You are rich. Look at your neighbor right now. Come on, everybody participate. Look at the person that's sitting across from you, in front of you, behind you. Tell them, you are rich. You are rich. You are rich are rich in verses in verses 17 and 18 some of you don't believe it yet but hang with me for a moment in verses 17 and 18 this is what this is what Paul wrote he says as for the rich in this present world instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches but on God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment instruct them to do good to be rich in good works to be generous willing to share with others. These instructions given to the rich in verses 17 and 18 are to you. I'm going to say that again, and maybe you need to turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. This is for you. What Paul is writing in 17 and 18, this is for you. This is for you. It would be easy to ignore the instructions that are given if you don't believe that you're rich. If you don't believe that you're blessed, it would be easy to read over this and say, well, for the rich in this present world, they should do this. But for us, we don't have to do that because we are not rich. No, 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 no. You are rich. Let me, let me prove it to you. There was an article that came out on September 25, 2019 that stated that any person or any family who makes an annual income, this is an annual income of $32,400, is in the top 1% of income earners in the entire world. If your family makes $32,000 or more per year, you're in the top 1% of people in the entire world. In the entire world. You are rich. Somebody say, I'm rich. Somebody say, I'm blessed. There was, there was something else that was reported back in 2018 that said if you make an annual income of $25,000, you are in the top 5% of income earners in the world. $25,000 a year. Can I tell you where the pro- can I get in your business for just a moment? I don't know. I don't know, if I'm, I don't know if I need to just shut up right now or if I need to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead whether you want me to or not. Here, here's where I think the problem lies with, with me and with you. We don't feel like we're rich Because we're not doing with what God has given us, what God intended for us to do with it a lot of the times. And so the reason why we're in the top 1% of income earners in the entire world and we don't feel like we're rich is because we're selfish. I just said that word in church. It's because we have a tendency to be selfish. We have a tendency to be selfish. And that's not to put you down. This is, this is just the reality today. That, that a lot of us, we just have a tendency to, to want what we want. But, but you need to understand you are rich. You are rich. You and I need to understand that we are rich. If we don't believe that we are blessed, then we won't pay attention to the instructions. That were given, but since you and I are rich, here are the instructions, and I think we're gonna have all these on the screen. This is what it says for those of us who are rich in this present world. He says, Don't be conceited, don't be arrogant, don't set your hope on money, set your hope on God who is your provider, do good works, be generous, and share with others. These are the instructions that are given to those of us who are blessed to those of us who are rich. Don't be conceited. Don't be arrogant. Don't set your hope on money. Don't set your hope on God, or set your hope on God, who is your provider. Do good works. Be generous and share with others. We are blessed people, and because we are blessed people, God has called us to be a blessing. God has called us to be a blessing. Here's point number two. So point number one, you are rich. Point number two, money is a terrible master. Money is a terrible master. As we read through verses 9 and 10 again in the Passion Translation, I want to highlight a few words as we go. We'll talk about them a couple of times here that I want you to pay attention to. This is 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. It says, but those who crave the wealth of this world slip into spiritual snares. They become trapped by the troubles that come through their foolish and harmless and harmful desires, driven by greed and drowning In their own sinful pleasures, and they take others down with them into their corruption and eventual destruction. Loving money is the first step toward all kinds of evil. Some people run after it so much that they have given up their faith. Craving more money pushes them away from the faith into error, compounding misery in their lives. Money is a terrible master. So when we crave more money, and our focus is on selfishness, really the results are that we slip, we're trapped, we're drowning, we're in corruption, we're eventually in destruction, and we take other people down with us. When we fall in love with the things that we have, or the money that we have, and we love money, it leads us into these areas. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we were talking about it Earlier before the service started, Jesus teaches the people. He teaches them about giving, and then he teaches them about prayer, and then he teaches them about fasting, and then he goes into what we have as these six verses in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. This is what Jesus says. He says, don't save treasures for yourself here on earth. Moths and rust will destroy them, and thieves can break into your house and steal them. Instead, save your treasures in heaven where they cannot be destroyed by moths or rust." and where thieves cannot break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your treasure is. The only source of light for the body is the eye. If you look at people and want to help them, you will be full of light. But if you look at people in a selfish way, you will be full of darkness. And if the only light you have is really darkness, you have the worst kind of darkness. But if your eye is evil, your whole body will be dark. So if the light in you is darkness, how much is the darkness? You cannot serve two masters at the same time. You will hate one and love the other or you will be loyal to one and not care about the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. It's always interesting to me when I read this that that Jesus did not say you cannot serve God and the devil at the same time. He said, You cannot serve God and money And it's and it's it's a little bit interesting to me that you read the first couple of verses, the first three verses, and you're thinking, Okay, don't store up treasures here on earth. Because, you know, things can happen. Save treasures for yourself in heaven. Like, do do these things so that you're storing things in the kingdom, not here on earth. Because your heart is going to be where your treasure is. So wherever you are investing, wherever you are giving, wherever you are serving, wherever you are, are, are storing up treasure for yourself, the Bible says, Jesus says, that's where your heart will be. So it's not a matter of I need to get my heart there and then I'll start doing it. No, I need to start doing it and my heart will follow. I need to start being a part of what God's called me to be a part of and my heart will follow because my heart will be wherever I'm storing up treasure. Some of us, we store up treasure on earth and so our heart is on earth. Our heart is in the things that we have. Our heart is in a bigger house. Our heart is in a bigger paycheck. Our heart is in is in doing what it is that we want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with, with having more and with 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 you know progressing in your income and progressing in your job and things like that. No, those are good things, but they just cannot be where you are storing up treasure for yourself. Because that doesn't last. We read it at the beginning of 1 Timothy 6 that. We came into this earth within this world with nothing and we can't take anything with us. It's all about what you do with what God gives you while you're here. It's not going with you someday. Could it be that when we save up treasures only for ourselves and we look at people in a selfish way, could it be that that we're having a tendency to serve this spirit of money? Instead of God. It's it's interesting to me that you see these three verses about storing up treasure. And then at the end of it. He says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And right there in the middle it's like this. Your eye is the. You know like are you light on the inside. Is there darkness on the inside or whatever. It just seems like it doesn't really fit. Well I want to submit to you. What if. Could it be that when we save up treasures only for ourselves. And we look at people in a selfish way. That we are. Te- we have this tendency to serve money and things above God. And if this is true, then the opposite must be true. That if we save up treasures in heaven by using what God has given us for kingdom purpose and we look at people as opportunities to be a blessing, that we're serving God instead of money. here's, Here's what I feel like God revealed to me as I was reading just these six verses that whether or not we're serving God or money is all about perspective. It's all about the way you see it. It's all about the way you see it. It's, it, it's all about how we see the money that God has given us. It's all about how we see the people that God puts in our life. Because he says if if you look at people and, and you want to help them, your eye, is it's like light all inside of you. You're storing up, you're helping others. You're storing up treasure for yourself in heaven and not on earth. And you are serving God in this way instead of money. But when you see people in a selfish way and you don't desire to help and you don't have this thing on the inside of you that, that has compassion for people and wants to be a blessing to other people, it's like you're serving money instead of God. And Jesus says, you can't serve both. You'll love one and hate the other, or you will serve one and not serve the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. Which leads us to point number three today, and it's this, that sharing is caring. (laughs) Sharing is caring. 1 Timothy 6, let's look at 18 and 19 again. Tell those who are rich to do good, to be rich in good works, And tell them they should be happy to give and ready to share. By doing this, they will be saving up a treasure for themselves. And that treasure will be a strong foundation on which their future life will be built. They will be able to have the life that is true life. True life. I want you to think for just a moment about two things in your home. Or in many of our homes. And some of us, uh, most of us have a table, right? And if you don't have a pantry, you have somewhere where you're storing your food. So we're going to call it a pantry. We, we have a table, and we have a pantry in our homes. And when God blesses us, many of us, or some of us, or a few of us, or however many you know, you just search your heart today, just say, God, just reveal to me what it is that you want to reveal to me. When God blesses us, I think many times we have a tendency to build a bigger pantry to store it in than a bigger table to share it. And so when we get more, oh, oh it's a security thing. It's a well if I if if I have that in the bank account, then whew, everything will be okay. If I've got $10,000, se- now listen, I'm telling you to save, so don't walk out of here and be like, you know, I went to church today, and the pastor said that we don't need to save anything. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> that's not what he said. <laughs> you need to save, and you need to be a good steward, and you need to be faithful with your money, and you, you need to do all of those things. You need to pay your bills. Come on, somebody. You need to do all of that stuff. <laughs> but many of us, when we get the extra, when we get the blessing, when we get the... We have a tendency to build a bigger pantry so that we can store more of it in there. Get more of it in here. Just in case. Instead of building a bigger table to share it with other people. It's the table and the pantry. We think we have more so we we need something bigger to store it in so that we can use it for what we want to use it for now or later. And today, as we kind of bring this message to a close and I want to submit this thought to you. What if God blesses you not so you can build a bigger pantry to store it in, but so you can build a bigger table to share it with other people? What, what if, crazy thought, crazy thought, What if God, what if God has blessed you not so that you can hold on to everything that you get and have, but so you can build a bigger table to say, God, who do you want to bring around this table? Who do you want to sit around this table with me that you want me to help? That you want me to be a blessing to, that you want me to invest in, that you want me to pour my life into, that you want me to be able to help financially, that you want me to be able to to do something for them that they can't do that would that would maybe jumpstart something in their life. And really, here's my paraphrase of what Paul wrote in verse 18 that we read just a few moments ago. This is the 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 GMV, the Gabe Miller version. If we were going to sum it up in just one sentence, he says, tell those who are blessed to share it. Tell the people who are blessed, the rich in this world, to, to do good works, to, to, to be compassionate, to do all of these things. Not to be conceited, not to be arrogant. This is, in essence, what he's saying. He says, tell the people who are blessed to share it. Tell them to share, do good, be rich in good works, be generous, be happy to share with others. I want to bring the worship team back today. If you'll stand to your feet all over the room today, I believe this statement right here, if we can go to that next one, it's that if in God's economy, progress in our finances doesn't look like a bigger pantry, it looks like a bigger table. When God sees somebody that will do with what he gives them, what he's asking them to do, he sees somebody that he can bless, that he can give more to, that he can that he can funnel resources through to be a blessing on the earth. And so today on the 21st day of 21 days of prayer and fasting, you and I have the opportunity to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to share with others by giving through the local church. And this is also an opportunity for us to honor God in the first month of 2020 with our finances in a way that we can let him know, listen, listen, this is what I believe we're doing today. And I'm going to I'm gonna read some verses and I'm going to make a statement that I think is going to take all the pressure off of you because some of y'all, I can tell you right now, you're just all tensed up, you know, you're just like, oh, you know. I'm going to read some stuff to you that I, that's going to take all the pressure off. Because God does not desire any pressure on you. No pressure on you. But this is an opportunity for us to honor God. In this way. To say, in my finances. In my finances. I trust you more than I trust me. And I know that you in 2020 can bless me and do more through me honoring you and trusting you than I could ever do working and working and working and working and working and trying to figure things out and trying to do all that. No, it it really takes all the pressure off and says, God, you know what? I'm going to steward this stuff well that you've given me. And today in an act of faith, I'm saying, and I trust you. I trust you. You're going to come through. You're going to provide. You are the provider. And I love you more than I love my stuff. And that's, that's the opportunity that we have today. Now, let me, let me read a couple of verses to you, and uh, then I'll make a statement and give you some instruction, and then we'll sing one final song and worship together in song and in our giving. But 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8, many of us have, have read this before, says, here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, and in every way. He will make you overflow. Check this out. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good Thing you do. Here's why. Here's why. Really, I know we don't like talking about money. We don't like talking about giving. But here's what really takes the pressure off of talking about money and talking about giving. I don't have to talk about it because he already did, and he has already set some principles in place that if we will just follow. He says, if you'll follow this, this is what will happen. And I, I don't know if I, I don't know if you can say this in church or not, but I dare you. I dare you to trust God in your money. To start putting him first in your finances and, and see that God is not faithful. See that he will not come through when you need him to come through. Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10 says, Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, which is what the whole point of today is honoring Him with your very best with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. And here's, here's my question. I'm going to make a statement give you some instructions. If you believe the Word of God, if you believe that God is true and He cannot lie and that what's written in This book is without error. If you believe that, this is all, this is the only question today. Will you be obedient?
1: If you really believe
0: that what God's word says is true, will you be obedient? And here's the statement that I want to make that I think will take so much pressure off. God's not asking you to outdo someone else, He's asking for your obedience. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that just because the person next to you writes a check or whatever for this amount of money does not mean that's what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is be obedient. And God is going to call some people to give 10, God's going to call some people to give 10,000. It's about obedience. God's not asking you to outdo anybody, He just wants your heart. He wants your obedience. He wants you to trust in Him. Trust in Him. I want to give some instructions then we're going to pray and we're going to sing. And during this last worship song is when we're going to have the opportunity to give. And here's really two ways that you can do it, three really. The first one is this is the only Sunday of the year where we do this. And this is not for show. This is not for people to watch you walk down here and put an envelope in this giving box and walk back to your seat and think, wow, that person gave. That's not what this is for. This is more of an act of of faith and obedience that we step out and we come bring our best to God. We, We bring our obedience to God. So this is one way that you can do it is down here. You can step out and physically come down here and put it in one of these giving boxes down the front when the worship team begins to sing this last song. Uh, two other ways that you can do it is always online. I know a lot of people use online giving. There is a tab. So when you go online, if you go to yourimpactchurch.com slash give and you want to do it that way, there's a tab in the drop-down menu that says Give Big Offering. and You just select that. That way, that, that way we'll know what it was for. And, and you put in whatever it is. You just be obedient. Just be obedient. Another way is if you do text to give. You can text any amount to 84321. 84321. And it'll text you back and give you instructions if you prefer to do that. And once you've set that up one time, it's set up for from now until forever. So you can do it that way. Listen. God's not asking you to outdo anybody. He's not. So... Everybody breathe, take the pressure off. It's just about obedience. We pray, we fast, we give. We pray, we fast, we give. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us as a church. And then when the worship team begins to sing, you can go online, you can bring it out here, however you want to do it. But I'm just believing that, that God's going to receive all the honor today. Amen. So, God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that this is, not, this is not something you mean to be complicated. This is not something that you mean to be overwhelming. This is not something that you mean to be, uh, to be something that makes us anxious. God, it's just something that you're asking for our You're just asking for us to trust you and obey you to just obey you, not to outdo anybody, but just obey your voice, obey what you tell us to do. And God, I pray that every person, I pray that 100% of people that are here today or watching online or whatever, that we would just be obedient, that we would just be obedient and say, we trust you with everything that we have. And God, in everything that is given today, Lord, that you, that you would receive all the honor. This is all for you. That you would receive all the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship and let's give today.